Um, while, while we're waiting for 9.15 to begin, I wanted to, um, for those of you who don't know, I wanted to introduce you to Ruth Dennison, my some of our teach, some people in this retreat also studied with Ruth, and um, she was um, an incredible innovator. She was the first teacher to integrate mindful movements into the teachings, and the first uh, teacher to offer retreats for women, which of course was mostly queer. And um, and this was her teacher, Uberkin. That's a picture of him in front of his center in uh, in Myanmar, Burma. Then, and um, he he was revolutionary himself in empowering women to carry on the lineage. Lay woman. Ruth being one of the first lay women to be a European woman to be empowered to carry on the lineage. And um, it's it, I feel. And this is this, I'm sitting at the center that Ruth founded and feel so honored to be embodied by the, what she created as in holding a lineage of my ancestors, her and Ubikin and Mahasi Sayador, which was one of Ubikin's teachers, Lady Sayador. And this, and his teacher was a peasant farmer that no one would listen to because he was a farmer and not a, a monk. And he had to pay the farm workers to come and hear him give a Dharma talk. And then the word got round that his Dharma talks were amazing. And so eventually he became recognized as a teacher, but it took a couple of years. So all, all the steps in this lineage is a radical lineage of a of um, not just a scholastic ordained lineage. And, uh, that, uh, and so here we are inheriting that and that support of all that wisdom and love that has come through. So good morning. Good morning, everyone. I wanted to mention um, and carry on from uh, Nollyway's lovely teaching of the four foundations and give us, um, uh, the, um, overview of the four foundations for those of you who this is your first retreat. And foundation is a funny word, although it's also beautiful in a way. It could be the, these four particular areas in our lives that the, Buddha, after his enlightenment, discerned if we paid attention and became mindful of these four areas in a particular way, and we were diligent 
in the continuity of our knowing and holding and relating to these experiences, he said that we should have no doubt that the um, expression, consequences, result of that would be freedom and liberation. And that actually is the very beginning introduction into this foundational teaching that he offered, which is that our practice is lawful and that it isn't just we offer a moment of mindfulness and then somehow it just goes away, you know, and then we offer another one and that it goes away, that there is a lawful relationship of the continuity of our efforts and our mindfulness building up a force in the mind along with all the other things that we've spoken about that becomes the condition for the mind and heart to open into deeper and deeper um, awakenings or realizations of wisdom and love and discernment that's one way to say it. Another way to say it is that our perceptions are undistorted, that how we discern the world in all aspects, through seeing and hearing and thinking and tasting and smelling, that that is undistorted. And that's another way to talk about liberation, is that there's no obscuration or habitual determining of how we understand things, that we understand things directly and intimately and connected. You know. So so that feels like such a um, beautiful grounds for faith and acknowledgement that our efforts are building a force inside of us and as a community. And that we actually are joining with other communities all around the world in, in this force, both in the sitting practice and in other practices that call these energies into being. So Nollywe has talked about the first foundation being the body, that we're noticing the body, we're noticing, or I should say being mindful or caring for the body and the experiences in the body as sensations and breath. Or when we hear or taste or smell, um, when we experience touch, the touch of cloth right now, maybe at your shoulders, that's bringing awareness to this whole realm of experience, so rich, body, and, and the opening and connecting to it and what it's communicating to us. And the, there's that connection and then um, also the postures, our movement and walking is included in this foundation and also our dying process, which I love that in the exploration of body comes an invitation to include that. And then the second foundation 
or area of exploration is there are the energies or in Pali Vedana of pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. And I'm going to come back to that. And then the third area is the area of thoughts and what we call emotions, or we can also say mental energies. And we we have spoken about that in our Dharma talks and probably in the interview groups, patience and um, uh, mindfulness and loving kindness. And then also what I mentioned yesterday about ignorance and greed and hatred and sloth and torpor. So the third foundation explores that. So let's come back to the second foundation because the Buddha talks about it a lot. And when we begin to contemplate what is the role of pleasant, unpleasant, or neither pleasant or unpleasant in my life, it really is mind-blowing. It has been for me in that I never realized so deeply and profoundly how much I am driven by these experiences, how much they are the driver in my life. And that's why the Buddha mentions it a lot in his teachings and includes this in these foundations for us to know and understand. And so just two sentences as an overview about pleasant or unpleasant. In Every moment we are experiencing pleasant or unpleasant through thinking, through the body, through tasting, through hearing, through smelling, through seeing, through our, our sense bases, through all our sense bases and the mind and thoughts and emotions are included in a sense base. Many, many, many very fast moments of that experience of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral arising. And maybe you already have noticed that in noticing the breath, or when you hear a sound, someone mentioned that, oh, someone's making a noise and they feel irritated about that. Like, what was the irritation? Unpleasant unpleasantness of the sound at that moment and what's pleasant and unpleasant is different for all of us depending on our particular makeup so for example cold is very unpleasant for me but my ex-wife we almost had a divorce around how many blankets on the bed and whether the window was open because she liked it cool and cold, and how we navigate that. So pleasant, unpleasant drops indifferently according to many factors. The most important part of this understanding is twofold. And one is that the profound teachings, the deepest teachings of the Buddha is that pleasant experiences do not liberate the heart and mind. They are not the gold part at the end of the rainbow. 
they're lovely and they're to be enjoyed, but there isn't any point in investing in them as the condition for our liberation because it's always changing. It is impossible to make every aspect of our experience as pleasant as we want it. And that is a deep law of the universe, that nowhere is it pleasant all the time. And so we each find ourselves in this dynamic when there isn't that understanding and that understanding isn't realized. We find ourselves strategizing all the time for more pleasant experiences and pushing away the unpleasant ones. And it feels as though the unpleasant ones are wrong, that they're a mistake and they shouldn't be happening, and that the pleasant ones are legitimate. They are the only legitimate experience. The breath, if it's unpleasant, there's something wrong with my breath. If it's pleasant, oh, I've just come home. Arena was talking about home. I've just come home. This, it, this pleasant breath, I'm at home. Again, nothing wrong with the experience of pleasant or unpleasant. Unpleasant is unpleasant and pleasant is lovely and pleasant and neutral, neither pleasant or unpleasant is usually the grounds for splitting the scene into this you know, wandering mind or disconnection. So, so in that misunderstanding that what we're doing here on this retreat is creating pleasant experiences, we continually sort of move out of the moment and either try to hold on to pleasant experiences by, okay, how do I keep this? Or, oh, no, that's terrible, I can't, no, I can't, I don't want to hang out with this unpleasant breath or unpleasant thought or unpleasant sensation. And I'm not saying that we have to go into a battle around staying with them. I'm pointing to the Buddha's teaching and inquiry into what is our relationship to pleasant and unpleasant and neutral. And if we don't invest in these as the definition of our happiness and our suffering, then what, then what are we doing? And what we're doing by noticing pleasant and unpleasant, pleasant and unpleasant, changing, sometimes in a split second, by noticing it arising in our breath or in sounds or in our body or we're tired and grumpy or so pleasant for it to be the morning and have so much energy. As we notice how we're relating to and what inner world we're creating and outer world, because this whole country is based on this misunderstanding, not only this country, all capitalist economies are based on lifting up pleasant experiences as the be and end all of everything. And, and that's what we've learned too. But when we realize we can't, 
We cannot control pleasant experiences forever. And we cannot keep unpleasant experiences away. And we cannot um, control neutral experiences. Then we realize, oh, that isn't it. And the freedom from unhooking from that deep wanting and not wanting is a profound freedom. In fact, the Buddha says that the conditions for the mind and heart to be free of all suffering is the letting go of clinging, wanting, desiring, and craving for pleasant experiences and the pushing away of unpleasant ones. That's how profound it is. And what's beautiful, what's beautiful is that we have that capacity over time, not by making ourselves do something, but rather by noticing. We find, each of us finds our way. This isn't like a, like a commandment. It's like an invitation. Let's see where I find that I am in suffering in relationship to the changing world of pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral, and where my freedom might lie. Because it could be that by building a relationship of allowing, like, you know, um, we had a cat, and that cat had no capacity to stop eating. That cat would eat from her bowl and then go to the other cat's bowl. I mean, that this particular cat loved to eat beyond its own capacity. Oh, why did I think of that example? I can't remember. So, <laughs> so I just got caught up in that that relationship of navigating the, the two cats that I lived with many years ago in Northampton. And, um, um, and, so, um, and so realizing that we actually have a choice in how we relate to these experiences. And the choice is in the relationship that we don't have to be driven in an uncontrolled way, in a habitual way, we can begin to discern that actually where there's love is in the relationship, in our presence to these multitudes of different experiences that we are, I'm here knowing, I'm here holding, I'm here bearing witness. I'm here being mindful. I'm here, not distracted. I'm collected. I'm here, and I'm touching my experience with that presence. And so in that, there's pleasant and unpleasant arising in this field. And in that field, we aren't so driven because there's a relationship there. So the 
that's a blessing that we have as human beings to cultivate a way to hold the reality of life and this arising and passing of pleasant. So that... Um, uh, uh, speaks to one of the hearts of this lineage's teachings, that our relationship to these experiences is determines the amount of suffering or freedom in our minds and hearts. So very deep. So I am going to invite us for this meditation to begin with sound and just to do a little bit around pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral in relationship to sound. And so please feel free to find whatever position is cozy for you, standing, lying down, leaning, sitting, whatever feels uh, um, uh, that you're, you're meeting your own uh, wish for well-being. And then let's take a moment and acknowledge, oh, I'm alive, my body's alive. I can feel the uh, stretching and pulling around my knees right now. But I'm a little warm. See how it is for you. Anchoring in the ways that feel accessible.
Maybe no sound is the most pleasant or the least. You feel comfortable, notice the flavor on your tongue on what you might have recently eaten or drunk. Maybe there's nothing there. How is it? Flavor or no flavor? Pleasant or unpleasant? Or neither. Line. And the warmth of the saliva and its wetness that surrounds the tongue. Pleasant or unpleasant? Or neither. Acknowledge the right hand. The vibration there or the touch where the hand is resting. It might be a little warmer in that contact. Pleasant, unpleasant or neutral. How is it in the armpit? Sometimes a neutral place for us in our bodies. Skin, touching skin or cloth. Taking a moment to open to that experience of armpit. Touch, warmth. Acknowledging the buttocks and how if we're sitting, how they receive the weight of the upper body. And if we're lying down, whichever part of the body is receiving the weight, the back, back of the legs or side. Or if we're standing the feet, how does receiving the weight feel? 
and experience it as pressure, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Now let's acknowledge what's living in our heart-mind. It might be ease or contraction, caring or not caring, collectedness or distractedness, distraction. Whatever we call the emotion pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Can I allow it, know it, as it is, without getting involved? And then, if you're comfortable coming to your breath, and if not, staying with sound. How is that for you, the movement of the breath? See if there's a wanting or not wanting that creeps in. No problem if there is. We're exploring, wanting to learn about ourselves and our minds and hearts. Students. Learning. Wherever you feel the breath most clearly in the rising and falling or in and out. It might be that it changes quickly enough that the beginning of the in-breath is pleasant and the out-breath isn't. See for yourself. Some subtle movement of the mind into wanting experience to be a certain way. Lovely to catch if that's happening. And if it isn't, acknowledging the equanimity of your mind. Allowing the experience and its pleasantness and pleasantness and neutrality.
staying connected, collected, knowing. It really doesn't matter what the experience is, what we're noticing, what matters is our relationship to it. Then we we might want to relax, let go of this exercise, intentional exercise. Surrendering this moment into non-doing. Just however it is, taking a moment to hang out together across these vast lands. And then see what arises the next breath, the next sound, the next body sensation. Ah, hi friend. I'm ready to know you. Or not. No right way or wrong way. Then I notice the not readiness. And again, letting go, letting go of any intentionality, releasing into the support of the earth and the ground, into the caring that undergirds all of us here in our community. And then, noticing, This is what's living for me now. Pleasant, unpleasant or neutral. Part of life's coming into being and passing away. Sensation. Thought. Emotion. Arising and passing.
Thank you for your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.